Welcome to the BC Museums Week 2022. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, do you want to start off by maybe introducing yourself? Absolutely. So hello, my name is Rachel Salt. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the communications and social media manager for Science Up First. Thank you so much. We're delighted to have you. Um, what is Science Up First? For sure, Science Up First is an initiative by the Canadian Association of Science Centres. It's in partnership with COVID-19 Resource Canada and the Health Law Institute, which is through the University of Alberta. And so what we do is we share the best available science in creative ways to stop the spread of misinformation. Right now, we're really focused on debunking misinformation around the pandemic, so COVID-19 and the COVID-19 vaccines, but there's a ton of misinformation when it comes to mental health and physical health, so we're beginning to broaden into those areas, too. That's amazing. So did Science at First start with the pandemic? Yeah, it did. So um, I started with Senators. Dan Kutcher and uh, Timothy Caulfield, and they came together and really saw a need and really saw how misinformation was this huge factor in the pandemic. And um, so they came together in, um, in 2020. And so it's kind of taken off since then. So we've been over a year now um, putting out posts and content and partnering with organizations. That's fantastic. It sounds like it'd be a super rewarding, uh, but also challenging um, work to do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it is rewarding in that we know that misinformation is such a big deal um, that like it, it is lethal. Um, and so knowing that that good debunks can really have a huge impact, but at the same time, um, the narrative is always changing and shifting and, and also folks who um, kind of put out misinformation are, are pretty organized as well. Um, so there's always a lot of news to keep up on. So that kind of touches on the, the next question I had, which was going to be, why do we need to address misinformation? And you just said misinformation can be lethal. Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, so um, the UN has declared uh, this current space we're in an infodemic. And that means too much information, which includes false and misleading information. Um, so there's been so much misinformation over the course of this pandemic. And like I said, it can have huge consequences, some that are lethal, but we know that debunking works and providing accurate and reliable information to big questions can save lives. So beyond the pandemic, we are really trying to give folks also the tools to build resilience so that they can recognize misinformation um, and not be as easily impacted by it. That's, that's amazing. And so you also said, the people that are out here spreading this misinformation, that they are um, like very well equipped with this misinformation, they are organized. Because I think the perception might be that sometimes misinformation is just accidentally um, shared, mm -hmm. someone misunderstanding. So is there two different sections? Um, is there, what does that look like? 
Yeah, I would say that misinformation, that's a great question. I would say misinformation is really an umbrella term um, that covers a bunch of different things. So I could easily hear something I heard from a friend or a neighbor that maybe I didn't look up um, and then I passed it on to, to someone and that could be a way of sharing misinformation mm-hmm. um, that, you know, I wasn't like intentionally trying to misinform, um, you know, uh, a friend, but I, I did so because I didn't do a double check. Um, and there's also though um, disinformation, which is more intentionally misdirecting mm. people. So, um, and, and that's sometimes where a, a higher level of organization is in play. And often the f- people who are, are putting out um, this kind of disinformation, they have like an objective in terms of like creating misunderstanding or maybe promoting their own um, services. So there's often some money involved in perpetuating misinformation. Wow, and has there been something that you've seen the most of? I can can guess what I think you would have seen the most of over the past um, two and a half years in regards to disinformation and misinformation. But just to be sure, what have you seen the most of? Uh, that's great. Uh, there's so many sticky pieces of misinformation that we keep looping back to, because mm-hmm. even though they've been debunked, um, a different angle is brought up or or it just keeps circulating. Um, the idea that these vaccines are experimental um, continues to be perpetuated, um, that mRNA vaccines will change your DNA. They will not, but that um, keeps circulating. And then there's also a lot of misinformation around the effects of vaccines on your ability to become pregnant or your future fertility. Um, and, there, it, and, and that one comes like from, you know, that um, has a bit of a, uh, a beginning, like an understandable beginning at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it was recommended that pregnant people um, avoid getting vaccinated for now um, in some parts of the world. Um, but then later, as more information came in, um, they realized that it, it was not detrimental to becoming pregnant. So that recommendation changed. But this kind of links to that sometimes the thing that is first recommended can really stick in people's minds. And that's something mm-hmm. known as an anchoring bias. Oh, Yeah, if you think even about like recommendations um, around masking um, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, there was like some, we it's all brand new, right? We're figuring things out and there was recommendations that maybe you only need to wear a mask if you are a a healthcare um, provider. But then as we've moved on and collected more research, we see the huge benefit of masking um, in, in a widespread way, but sometimes that first bit of, of information that comes out um, can have a more lasting effect in people's minds. So I know this is disconnected to, to misinformation or disinformation, or I guess it's more about the anchoring. Um, I recently learned about uh, the RICE acronym in first aid, which is rest, ice, compression, and elevation is not the most um, helpful or accurate or proper response to an injury. And that oh. the, the, right? the man who coined rice um, came out and like took it back and came up with another um, acronym, which I think is like peace, 
but I can't remember what those letters stand for, but it's been, <laughs> it's, it's just the genie's out of the bottle and um, there, he has no way of taking that back that, that rice is now just integrated into first aid um, practices. And he is not seeing um, even close to pick up on uh, his new acronym to address first aid. So I think like that's just such an interesting um, point because it ties back to a lot of different um, information and uh, things that are integrated into our lives that we probably don't even question. Oh yeah, that is so interesting. I'm gonna definitely be looking that up because I've definitely been following the rice method for years um, and I have ankles made of glass. So this is big news for me. Um, but I would say that like that also points to um, something that we, we deal with, we've been dealing with a lot over the course of the pandemic is that information changes, science evolves. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily like, it, it's part of that part. Um, of um, they wouldn't even be necessarily misinformation, but um, maybe that was like the best available science we had at the time. And as things um, accumulated and we learned more, we have better evidence um, and better answers. Um, but so that's another thing I would, would um, point out is that, you know, sometimes things have an expiry date. So to be mm -hmm. mindful of also the articles you're reading when they are dated and then looking to see if there has been any updates on those topics since. Do you do you find that misinformation and disinformation um, go sort of hand in hand with things like um, science literacy or science science illiteracy? I would guess um, where people don't understand the ever evolving, or maybe just not even don't understand. They just don't know that science is ever evolving. Um, things like peer reviewed studies and um, making hypotheses and things like not being 100% sure because you can never be 100% sure. Do those go hand in hand? Oh, for sure. I think that's a big part of um, our mandate too is increasing um, understanding of the scientific process and also an mm -hmm. understanding of how misinformation works beyond just the pandemic. So we have a series called um, Misinformer Tactics, um, sort of like as a way of almost inoculating yourself against misinformation. If you can recognize these tactics that are used, you're better equipped to not really falling for them. For example, um, the tactic of a false dichotomy is used a lot, which um, presents things as black or white. So for example, masks are either 100% effective or they don't work at all. So that's, that would be kind of a misinformation tactic, but where the reality is, is often that it falls in the middle. Other tactic could be using like really emotionally charged language. Um, we're more likely to engage with things in the on the internet that are, you know, fuel our anger and get us upset. So using like creating um, messages that that tap into those emotions is like a really great way of spreading misinformation. That's so, and that information is on your website on how to identify those tactics. Oh yeah, so we we share put all of our um, social media posts up as shareable content. We know that not everyone's on social media, um, mm -hmm. so this is a way that 
folks can download all of our posts and they can share them. Today, a teacher reached out to us to see if they could um, download some of our posts so that they could print them out and put them in our, their classroom. Um, so yeah, you could look onto our, our um, shareable content page on our website, which has um, a, a button that will show you all the misinformer tactics we have covered. That's fantastic. I will uh, include a link to your website in the description of this podcast. Uh, and that does take me to my next question, which was, um, what are some step steps that our listeners um, can take to address misinformation and disinformation and um, provide themselves with some tools in their toolbox? That's a great question. So I would say um, different tools for different situations. So when you're online, um, amplify uh, research and, and posts that you like. If you found something like really interesting from a, a trustworthy and credible post, share it and, and spread it because a lot of our um, social currency online often goes towards things that we aren't so crazy about or, or things that do make us angry. As I mentioned before, like using tapping into anger is a, a way that misinformation can go really viral. On the same note, if you see it, some misinformation, try not to um, engage with it. Like you might see like a spicy take and you want to quote tweet it um, to debunk it, but that also can give that more eyeballs. So instead, maybe take a screenshot so that you're not like upping it in the algorithm for more people to see. Um, so, but then, so that's when you're online. But when you're in person, I would say it's it's a bit different. So mm -hmm. I would say um, with your friends and family, if if they have concerns, just really listen to what they're mm -hmm. saying, and and not be super reactive. Uh, and try to lead with empathy about what their concerns are. And also think about the time and place, like is this a heated um, Thanksgiving dinner? Might not be the best time to like bring out all these stats on why they're wrong. Um, maybe mm -hmm. there is a way to like bring things down and talk about things later in a like a more even headed even tempered, I don't even know if even had is a, is a, a phrase, but in a time that's just a cooler environment. Mm -hmm. um, and then also to like lead with the relationships, like this is a person you care about. Um, so think about what their communication style is and share your experiences and your reasonings. And then maybe after all of that, you say, hey, I actually have a credible source and I'd love to share with you, um, is it okay? But before you just like just send them a link, um, mm -hmm. I would say that yeah, it's um, the information that we receive from our friends and family is so much more trusted than any pretty much anything we can get from the internet um, because it's coming from someone you care about. So if you have an opportunity to to kind of like help correct things or, or send people down like a, a path of like better understanding, that's fantastic. Um, but it, it, it can be a, like a lot of work as well. Mm -hmm. um, but so what we think of ourselves as at um, Science Up First is we know that we're not going to, like one post isn't necessarily going to get someone to completely change their minds, but we hope to provide resources to maybe friends and family of someone who maybe um, is, is more susceptible to misinformation so that then they can be that node, like a nerd node almost that like shares that with um, their friends and family. 
Um, so that's what I would say in terms of how you can um, address misinformation both online and offline. Thank you. I appreciate having um, suggestions for both the in-person now that um, more in-person things are able to happen, but also online because there is so much um, being shared now uh, with the rise of infographics being shared in Instagram stories um, and all of the content that's just available online. So thank you so much for providing both of those. Do you have any advice or tips um, for folks to get or to encourage reading beyond a headline? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So um, one thing um, is to make sure you you do read beyond the headline. <laughs> so if you if before you share something um, or retweet something online or share it in your Instagram stories, make sure you've read um, read the article in full. So make sure you're getting the full context. Also, um, I have several friends who are journalists. They often don't write their byline. So sometimes their byline doesn't even, uh, the headline rather doesn't, doesn't capture what their article even is always about, but it's sometimes the most like juicy part of that mm -hmm. article that will get folks to click. So make sure you're reading the headline. Um, also, if you read something and you're like, oh, you're just like, maybe a bit of your radar is going off. Like, is this accurate? All you can do is you can search um, the, the subject. Um, for example, if you wanted to like, um, uh, mRNA vaccines change your DNA, fact check uh, and Google that. And there's often like already a lot of reputable organizations who've done a fact check and have dug into some of the claims already. Um, and then um, I would also say that make sure that what where you're reading from is a, a trusted source and what's trusted source mm -hmm. for, for you might, might vary, um, but um, is the article you're reading coming from peer reviewed research? Is it coming from somebody's um, own experience and their testimonial? Um, those two things would have different weights in terms of, um, in terms of how credible that research might be. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, do you have a, a list of like trusted resources or, because you just said to each person a trusted resource that were, um, or a news platform that you support might look different. So do you, do you have a published list or do you get more yeah. to folks to? We have a list of credible sources. They're, they're geared specifically to, um, COVID-19 and, and mm -hmm. um, misinformation. Um, but yes, please check out our website. We have a, a list of sources that we keep updated. Fantastic, thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to share to our listeners about um, the steps that we can take to address misinformation and disinformation in our lives? Um, yeah, I would just say, say um, take a beat. Um, anytime you're reading something, um, take a pause at, like after you've read it before you share. Um, you have a lot of um, power in amplifying things, um, good and bad. Um, so just you know, like you can take a moment um, and and it's it's good to try and slow down when online. So we're just not being as reactive. And also spending time offline too is is really helpful because there's so much information on there. It's really easy to get overwhelmed. Um, so. Um, it's okay to, to hit the pause button. Thank you so very much, Rachel. Thank you so much 
um, to Science Up First to, for joining us. We greatly appreciate you spending this time chatting with us and our listeners. Um, this is Museum and Activism for BC Museums Week 2022. Thank you for listening. Thank you.